You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Hello again, everyone. This is Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I am your host, Doug Thorpe, and today we're going to dive into the realm of pricing your services or pricing your goods, pricing elements in your business. My guest is a gentleman named Per Schofers. Uh I think I got that right, Per. I think you Yes, did. very I mean, um, very much so. Kudos to you. Close. Okay. You, you won the big price. All right. Good, good. <laughs> As you can probably detect, uh, Per has a, a bit of an accent. Uh, tell the people what part of the world you're from. Originally Swedish. Um, uh, but I, uh, on the way to the U.S., and I lived here in the Los Angeles area since 1994. Um, on the way, I, I stopped for for several years in um, in uh, in Zurich in Switzerland, and several years in in uh, in the U.K. in London. So, I guess I, I picked up um, various accents on the way. So. Yeah. Well, uh, happy to have you here, and glad you could join us. Now, Per is a um, is an expert in the field of pricing, as you can maybe see in his little tagline there. He calls himself the price whisperer. How how did that come to be? Or who tagged you with that? Well, I um, I'm part of a, a, a networking group, and um, I've helped a a bunch of uh, companies in that networking group, and they somebody started to call me the price whisperer, and and. Uh, and 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 the rest of the folks uh, sort of chimed in and and because i got this wacky name that uh, it's difficult uh, to um, not only to to pronounce but to spell um i decided that uh, hey why why not just adopt the moniker and uh, and make it easier for for the folks um, who want to who want to reach me well, I was excited to be able to put this show together because so often when I deal with small business owners, unless they're in a very specific niche that is um, product-driven, they often have difficulty setting the right price. And this is particularly true in service-oriented businesses, such as coaching and and advising and things of that nature. So, um, but before I guess we get into the details, tell the folks a little bit more about your journey and the kinds of work you did that kind of led you to this place. Yeah, I uh, I mentioned Zurich and, and London, and I uh, and I ran, um, I established and ran a company in Zurich, and and in uh, in the in uh, in London, I. I took over the uh, the CEO job uh, uh, at a company was a um, subsidiary of a Japanese electronics firm. So I, I ran that over Europe. And then I came here to the States uh, to establish and run a, a division of a fairly large public company and, um, and did so successfully. But um, after that, I had another four CEO jobs. And... Um, I um uh, we did experiments with pricing in some of those well actually in most of those instances and some of those some of those experiments were very successful meaning that um the the next quarter revenues were up 25% 
right? Others were complete disasters. And and what I had learned in business school about pricing and, and, and what I could read about pricing was so theoretic and so academic and, and um, so, I shall say, void from business, business reality that um, that it, it didn't help us to, to understand why some of those experiments worked or others didn't. So eventually, 15 years ago, um, when I decided I was too old and too opinionated to be a hired gun, <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I decided to set up my own shop and and uh, develop a process um, to make every pricing experiment a success, right? And and that is what um, what we're doing. Um, the 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 process is is based on willingness to pay research, um, and and that's done online. And, and and what it means is that we go out with a questionnaire, we poll um, a particular market. Uh, we are very, very stringent in uh, making sure that we disqualify folks that are not the people we want to uh, interview. Um, and and uh, through a whole series of questions, we can assess what um, what an audience, uh, customers and non-customers to 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 our client, are willing to pay for for their product or service, and um, and it's all about um, understanding how they the how they value the monetary value of different features and functions and so forth, and and from that we can <clears throat> predict sales volume and revenue at different prices with great accuracy. And we also get to know there's psychological price points out there called price walls. And um, those can, uh, th those are a sort of infliction points. So if, if you um, think about a, uh, a company, say, increasing pricing step by step, um, eventually they will come to one of those price walls. And in, in, in some cases, um, uh, crossing a price wall can um, half the sales volume, right? Yeah. Now, if you look at it from the other point of view, let's say that you were a little too high priced and and um, you lower your price and you get to that same price wall, suddenly your sales volume have doubled. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to go back on the key word you mentioned at the start, doing pricing experiments. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm tending to take that word very literally, uh, thinking about the scientists in the lab and, and the methodology for performing an experiment. You, you basically, if in my high school chemistry teacher is going to turn over in his grave when I say this, but as I recall the teaching you basically pose a theory of what some reality should be about. And then you begin testing against yeah. that theory to yeah. um, prove or disprove the theory. So, mm -hmm. is, I mean, are we literally talking about that kind of approach to setting a price? Well, no, the, the, the um, testing prices is, is, is um, I mean, and this is what, so many companies do 
um they go to market and then um they 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 um um maybe they don't sell as much as they want or or they or as much as they thought they would or their revenues are not what they 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 thought they would so they start doing some price testing right now the key is to understand that everything you do in your company affects your ability to price okay okay and that's why you need to take a holistic view on pricing and and what i mean with that and and this is um why testing actually doesn't work what this um what 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 i mean with that is that let's say in the case i just mentioned the company goes to market with a certain way they have a certain marketing message they use certain channels and so forth for marketing right and then they do price testing the problem here is that um whenever you go to market with a certain message and positioning um that is accepted by a portion of the market right and a portion of that portion becomes your customers now uh, so you you when you do your price testing you only testing price for that portion of a portion that is your customers right um it may well be that there are other customer segments out there that would be willing to pay much higher prices if you had a different message if you had a if you uh if you um um if you if you use different channels for your messaging for your marketing right it may be that um if if you have a different sales methodology there may be um segments that are willing to pay higher prices and so forth if you push different features and functions there may be people out there too that that um, would be willing to pay higher prices thus supporting um so, so, yeah supporting higher prices so uh and and if you're going to test all this i mean say you're going to test six different um customer profiles you're going to test six different feature functions you're going to test three different um marketing channels with six different um messages um you're gonna try three different sales channels with three different um sales methodologies and then you're gonna test eight different prices and you end up with fifteen thousand combinations mm. and by the time you've done all this testing um the market moved on and whatever you started to do is not valid anymore right? yeah yeah that's a, and, and, a huge challenge with the marketing moving on. Yeah, and and what I'm saying is that the the, the way we do it with with um, um, willingness to pay research is that um, we can we identify um, we identify the market um, the market segments that has the highest willingness to pay, and uh, therefore support um higher prices 
we identify the product or service features and functions <clears throat> that leads to a higher willingness to pay, thus supporting higher prices. Um, we identify the marketing channels and marketing messages also that supports higher prices. These sales methodologies and the sales messages and the sales channels that um, also support higher prices. And eventually, obviously, we, we, we also can identify what pricing structure and pricing strategy minimize um, sales friction and and support uh, the maximized maxim, the maximized um, uh, uh, prices. So, is it safe to say that most businesses enter the market cutting themselves short on pricing? Absolutely, absolutely. And and I'll tell you this story. Uh, it's from a um, um, it's from a um, um, SaaS company. Um, a CEO, a CEO um, told me this that I decided. He said that our price is going to be hundred sixty five dollars per user per month. And then he continued, but I don't know if that's the right price. Maybe I should. Maybe it should have been ninety nine. Maybe it should have been two hundred fifty. But hundred sixty five just felt so good, right? He guarantees leaving money on the table, right? On the other hand, um, I just spoke to a um, um, couple of days ago, the CEO of, of, a, of a prior client um, that um, um, what they do is that they they sell a service and they, 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 they sort of people are... <clears throat> Um, uh, their, their, their clients are rebuying that or renewing it on a quarterly basis, right? So um, they were underpriced. And um, and we, we said, you can increase your prices. And, and so I asked him, how did it go? Well, he said, we just did the recommended price increase for the first cohort, you know, for the end of September. And um, and he said we lost a few customers, but revenues are up hundred fifty percent. It is such an interesting conundrum, and there's so many stories out there. I'm reminded of one. There's a drink brand, at least in my part of the world, called Topo Chico. It's mm -hmm. a it's a mineral water, bottled mineral water that is actually now being produced by the Coca Cola company. It, it's been back and forth as a private brand for a number of years, but it was predominantly a Texas-based beverage. You couldn't get it anywhere else mm -hmm. because it, it literally comes from a mineral spring south of the border in, in northern Mexico. Mm -hmm. It's bottled and packaged in glass bottles, very you know high-cost production. Yeah. The company tried entering the California market. They figured, well, you know, Southern California is not too different from Texas as far as demography, but they couldn't give the stuff away. They were selling mm. it at 79 cents a bottle. They were using the usual message that had been wildly successful in Texas, but it wasn't getting any traction. They started experimenting. They started increasing the price 10 cents a bottle. Mm -hmm. And at 89 cents, volume went up. Yep. 99 cents volume went up further. Yep. 
they finally got to something like a dollar thirty nine a bottle. So what is that? A sixty cent delta, almost. Mm-hmm. Do the math. What is it? Eighty five percent increase in price. It was flying off the shelves. They yep. couldn't stock it fast enough. Yeah. Well, uh, that that is that is so true. And and we've had any number of of clients. I mean, I can tell you another story. Uh, a customer who has a uh, they have a phone system in in the cloud. So they sell. It's it's really a B two B SaaS service, if you like. You know, and 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 they were so underpriced that we recommended them to quadruple their prices now they didn't do that overnight they you know they inched them up over about a nine month period um and then when i spoke to the ceo um he said he said our sales are up 25 percent right and this is at you know four times the price and then he continued to 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 tell me that um and i'm using his uh, words here he said, and we got rid of the bottom feeders. Yeah. Right? And and we now have a more professional level of customers. So our customer support costs have gone down with 80%. Which, if you do the math, and, and for those businesses that don't always think of total margin, but if you think about margin in their business for every dollar of sales, what you're spending to support those sales. Yeah. Uh, if you drop your customers support call volume that's a big cost to operate that yep. uh, evaporates and goes straight to the bottom line and this this is uh this was now they're a bit more this was a small company i think they had when we were engaged they were in one and a half maybe two million dollars so the return on investment for for that particular company was like a week. It is interesting the the mindset that an, a, a business owner or a leadership team can get into about their pricing. And for an early stage company, there's always the fear that if they overprice, they're going to get nothing. So there's no revenue coming in the door, and they're willing to set that more palatable entry point uh, for pricing because perhaps they haven't even done the research to know where that higher price segment of the market is because most of the time I'm guessing that's not vividly obvious from the start. It has a little more mystery to it maybe to find who those are. No, the, 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 the problem here in, in, if you have a new company that comes out with something that is disruptive of, of any kind, this um, a customers buying disruptive products uh, or services for that matter are never price sensitive. They're buying for all different reasons, but price or low price is not one of them. And one of the most common mar- mistakes that, that companies do when they come up with a, a disruptive service or product is that um, obviously they promised investors some kind of sales volume and they they, they got the investment and time marches on and, and um, after a few months or more, maybe after a year, they <clears throat> they look at their sales volume and, and, uh, and uh, realize that <clears throat> it's nowhere near where we promised people, right? And they look at the cash balance and that's dwindling fast, you know. Yeah. So, so they they um, <clears throat> they lower their price, right? 
And in most cases, they will then also see a reduction of sales volume. Then things are really bad because then sometimes they cannot increase their prices again. So they die. Instead, they need to realize that when you have a disruptive product of some kind or a service, you got to price high because there's only few early adopters out there and they are not price sensitive. Right. And it's, it's, it's when you, uh, it's when you, um, it's when you price high in that market, that's when you need the money the most because you need to, you know, you need to pay for your investment in, in development. You, you need to spend more money on marketing and so forth. And, and I have to tell you this, there's a, in this little world of price consultants, um, there's a guy who's been, uh, become become famous because he coined um something that he called penetration pricing skim pricing and neutral pricing right one of these theoretical constructs that has nothing to do with reality <laughs> and in his book he's using using the introduction of of lexus as an example of this right uh so when, when Lexus came into the US, the, the first car they came into was the LS400. And it was disruptive in many ways, you know, it was uh, very, very high quality and, and so forth, you know. The guy says that uh, that they came in with a, um, a, a, a what he called a penetration price, right? So they were two thirds of the price of the market leader, which is the uh, Mercedes S-Class. Lexus was successful, very successful for a whole different set of reasons, the separate um, dealership and, and all different things. But, um, and pricing was part of that, but it was not only pricing that made it success. But then the theory, theory says that once you moved into the market, you should then go into what he called skimming, which is to increase prices and capture all those sort of profits that you've given away in, in, in that penetration pricing. Now, if you look today, whatever, 38 year later, the Lexus LS is still two thirds of the price of the Mercedes S-Class, <laughs> you know? Obviously both have increased prices, but the whole, the whole theory is so right. flawed, you know? Right. We may be backtracking a little bit here with my next question, but what do you think are the key reasons new businesses do the wrong thing with pricing? What, what, what drives their bad choices for pricing? Fear. Okay. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's absolutely fear. And, and, and so many people out there, entrepreneurs that believe that, uh, buyers are buying for low price only, right? Now, that is correct if what you are selling is a total commodity. A total commodity is sold on price alone. Right, right. And, and but when if you start a company of some kind, um, products or services, it doesn't matter, <laughs> you have to find ways of differentiate yourself so you're not a commodity how do you do that well it 
on ultimately goes back into understanding your customers better than the next guy and <laughs> you know are you familiar with the commoditization death spiral yeah yeah you know where you, you know often you start with let's price as our competitor right <laughs> and that that by itself then generates uh downward pricing pressure and then the next is why don't we have the same features as our competitor and why don't we market the same way <laughs> and and in the end the company is on on life support uh, and may or may not survive yeah yeah you know I, I can remember in the early chapters of my career, I went to work for a bank and, you know, uh, one of the hardest service businesses to differentiate is banking because sure. what do you have? You got a checkbook, you got a savings book, you might have a loan product. And how do you differentiate the value in each of those segments? Yeah. yeah. So well, big challenge. Look, look at the, uh, you know, the, the gas companies that obviously today they have a field day because um you know they use the um the scarcity of oil and and the the um uh you know the the uh, the war in ukraine and stuff like that as a as a reason for jacking up the prices way 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 more than the um their costs have gone up right and 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 um and they're, they're suddenly they're sitting there on bank accounts with billions of billions of dollars yeah and and um and obviously some of that is going to be funded back into uh more drilling but but if you think about how much money they're spending on trying to differentiate their their the one gas from another you know you know we have this additive and we have this other additive and and so forth all to try to convince a portion of the market to pay 15 cent more for a gallon right yeah 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 and and it, some you know for for some people it makes a difference yeah yeah it does i'll tell you what pair we're going to take a short commercial break here it's, okay. it's time in our program to do that and when we come back we're going to get a little deeper into the idea of uh, methodologies for um fixing a better price, setting a better price, I should say. Fixing is a bad word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hang with us, folks. We'll be right back. Business is all about solving complex problems as fast as you can create them. Become the best problem solver by leading others to greatness, too. And the first step is going to DougThorpe.com. Doug Thorpe is known globally for coaching entrepreneurs and business leaders, improving their performance and the work output of everyone surrounding them. You can find health, wealth, and happiness by learning to lead others to health, wealth, and happiness. Go to DougThorpe.com now and order Doug's books or hire him to coach your managers. That's Doug, T-H-O-R-P-E.com. Well, we're back, everyone. This is Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm your host, Doug Thorpe, and I'm visiting with Par Chauffeurs. And... Uh, we're talking about pricing. He is known as the price whisperer. And as we were talking in the green room during the break, I, I, I want to start out with just the basic question. What are some of the common mistakes small businesses or mid cap businesses make when they try to establish their first round of pricing? Mm. There's, there's, I, I know a lot about that. <laughs> and, and maybe, maybe the first and the the most severe 
mistake companies do, and that is um, simply not realizing how important pricing is, right? Um, companies who take price in as a and make price their pricing strategy as a um, as a as a center point of their business strategy always end up being the market leaders. Those are the ones that um, grow fastest. Those are the ones that um, have the highest shareholder value. Uh, those are the ones that also have the resource to to deliver um, more and better product or services to to their clients. Those are the ones that have better customer support. Those are the ones that hire the best people that are more expensive, right? And a lot of it is small, small decisions that 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 are happening, you know. And and um, I, I want to go to the mistakes, but let me let me just do the 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 one thing that I think is very important. Um, if you look at the 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 any company any company has a profit that comes from only three variables it comes from the total cost of the operation it comes from the total sales volume of, of, of whatever you sell and it comes from the price of whatever you sell right and um if you uh, and i have this thing that i call the one percent challenge if you if you imagine that you can increase your sales volume with 1%, that for the average company adds 3.5% to, to profitability, to its profits. If on the other hand, you can decrease your cost with 1%, 5.5% is added to profits. Mm. Now, if you can decrease your discounting with 1% or increase your price with 1%, profitability goes up 11.3%, mm. right? So pricing has the highest leverage of these, right? Now, the challenge, have you ever failed to change anything 1%? <laughs> You're right, right. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> so uh, I'm saying that when you put pricing as a centerpiece in the um, in the company's uh, business strategy, and and everybody, most everybody in the company are aware of these facts, um, things becomes different. Salespeople, no, you can't give fifteen percent in discount. You only give away ten, right? Product manager says, well, couldn't we split this bundle product into two different products and two different SKUs and sell them separately, right? So we have two things to sell instead of one, um, and, and, and therefore our overall price is going to increase, right? And so forth. Um, so a lot of, a lot of and, and when it comes to price itself, it's going to be, well, should 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 we be um, eighty two bucks, or should we not try eighty nine, right, <laughs> and 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 so forth? Um, 
so so a lot of small decisions are going to make a difference. But the three top pricing mistakes that I've seen is the the first one is uh, trying to price at, at as a competitor, right? That and this doesn't work. It doesn't work. Even if your competitor has prices on their website, uh, you don't know what deals they're making, right? You don't know um, if maybe the website changing prices eight times a day. You don't know if the website is geotagged so that if you come in from somewhere else, the uh, uh, the prices are going to be different, right? And <laughs> I have to tell you this. This is a, sort of a pricing story here. I, I was in contact with a, a, a large... Um, then private equity owned company and and we're talking 10 15 billion dollars in 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 revenue and um a tech company and they said we must be profitable our our private equity our investors have told us that they are not going to support us with more money and yet we are getting this terrible downward pricing pressure We've tried to increase prices. It doesn't work. What are we doing? What's wrong with us, right? So I looked at their website. It was one of these long scrolling websites. And, and as you scroll down, there, there was, it, it was text from saying that, look, look at our low prices. Look how cheap we are. There were endorsements from people saying that the, 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 these are the lowest prices and I've never seen prices this low. So whatever the price was that when you scroll down, you had a, a, an expectation of that it would be dirt cheap. Right. And, and because of that, they couldn't increase their prices. So um, I told the guy, just remove prices from your website. <laughs> And it, this was tech, so it needed a, a, a bit of an integration. So you had to have a, had to have a, a sales engineer of sort um, involved, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and and um, then I followed up with my contact there a month, two months later, something like that. And 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 I asked him, well, I can see, I said, <clears throat> that you removed the prices from your website. How did that work? And he said, well, we doubled our prices. Nobody complains anymore. And 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 we're profitable. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, setting up that that messaging right away that you're you're essentially leading with price as the issue. And and there's not even a chance for somebody to look and say, I really need this solution. Yeah, exactly. And and um, so um, pricing to a competitor is, is not what you want to do because that's the very first step into that commoditization death spiral, you know? Yeah. Um, the other is there, there's people out there saying that, oh, we price to the market. What does that mean? You know? Do, yeah, of course, if I, if I, if I sell grains, if I sell pork bellies or oil, I know what the market price is because it's public. But if you don't sell any of those items, 
there is no way you would know what the market price is. Right. Right. Um, and 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 so market price then becomes a euphemism for guessing or gut feel, or like the story I mentioned, hundred sixty-five dollars uh, felt good, right? Yeah. And all of those, all of those are prices that guaranteed leave money on the table. And then the the third very common mistake is to use cost plus. You know, so. Uh, my cost of of developing this widget is X, so I I add a margin on my top of my cost, and the problem here is 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 well, there's many problems. First off, different industries have different sort of uplifts. You know, in in sort of in old old school manufacturing industries. Typically, you take cost plus 35% or cost plus 50%. In retail, they typically take double their cost, and that's their price. Um, in some industries that I've been active in, uh, we're talking about taking cost times 5, taking cost times 10, and so forth. And um, all of these have the the problem in that they have nothing to do with the value that you deliver, right? So, um, so, and 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 prices need to be set based on the value you deliver to your customers. Otherwise, you are leaving money on the table. I'm thinking, what about industries that have what is already a, a, a heavily commoditized pressure on them? And I'm thinking, for instance, of home building. Mm -hmm. In most markets, and the realtors do a big job of, of fueling this fire, they always want to talk in terms of price per square foot. Yep. So if you're building a 3,000 square foot house and your market is uh, $200 a foot, that's mm -hmm. a $600,000 house. Mm -hmm. End of story. Well... You know, the home builder is looking at it like, yeah, but I have these ever-increasing costs of materials and, yeah. um, you know, that number, that magic number may or may not even be close to my own reality of what it takes me to produce this home for you. Yeah, that's true. But they, if they turn around and they come in at something like $300 a square foot all in, when you do the math, you know, a buyer saying, what the hell? I mean, what, yeah. what did you do to me? What... Uh, yeah, that that's um, uh, interesting. In, interestingly enough, we did some work actually for um, uh, a company in that particular space, building homes, and um, and they, <clears throat> um, without going into any details, but they have figured out the technology that differentiate themselves in such a way that. <clears throat> Compared to traditional ways of building a home, uh, they can charge a uh, about a twenty percent premium, right? And and uh, the home builder make that up uh, in a quicker time to market, All right? So um, so there's a there's a there's sort of a, a a win win there. But the other thing that people when they do cost plus they 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 don't think they don't think about it is that Let's say you have a product that where the cost is 50. And for this particular company, the rule of thumb is to double cost to get to price. 
right? So the price is 100. Um, and the margin is 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 uh, 50%, right? Um, let's then say that they managed to reduce the cost of this particular device to 40 bucks. That means that under the rule, the price now is 80. Percentage-wise, the margin is still 50, but they lost $10, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and the other big flaw with with um, cost based pricing, apart from that, it doesn't match the the uh, uh, the value, is that almost any company have some product or services that are um, um, that are unique in one way. Some product or services that are complete commodity and some product or services that are sort of in between. And then that rule of thumb is applied to all of them. Yeah. Which means yeah. that the unique products are terribly underpriced. It means that the commodity products probably are overpriced. And <clears throat> those in the middle um, could be whatever, you know. So um, one exercise that a company should do is to go through that set of products or set of of, um, of services and say which of these are commodity right and then once you know you work relentlessly on lowering the cost right because that's what you do with commodity product yeah and you identify those <clears throat> squeeze that, all surplus cost out of it yeah, and you identify those that are unique, and and for that, stop all discounting, increase prices, because they're unique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I like that. I'll tell you what, Par, on that note, I, I think we're going to kind of bring this to a close. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more. Um. The best way of finding me is simply do a Google search on for the price whisper. Okay. You will find my YouTube channel. You will find me. You will find my books. You will find eventually the, the my company's website. Great. Well, we will add all that into the show notes here for everybody to grab onto if you didn't catch it on the flyby there. But um I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this because, boy, you know, the whole pricing decision is such a big part of business. And I I have to agree that the majority of uh, small and mid-cap businesses really struggle with it. Yep. And uh, probably at the end of the day, leave a lot of money on the table. Unnecessary. Unnecessary money on the table. Yep. Yep. So. All right. Well, thank you again. This has been a pleasure. And folks, we're going to uh, wrap this up for today. And uh, I want to remind everybody, if you're listening via audio, we do have a video recording over on the YouTube channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. You can catch us over there. Hop over, subscribe, and leave us a comment. Give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. And uh, give us some ideas of any other topics or guests you'd like to hear from. We're happy to open the uh, vault and uh, get in there and make that happen. So for now, we're going to sign off, say goodbye, and wish you the best. All Hope right. to see you again soon. 
You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.